I penned an irritated tweet in response to one of the latest happenings on the increasingly heated culture war front. In response to the decision of an actress, actor named Ellen Elliot Page, I am employing this awkward and impossible naming style because it is now apparently mandatory and am probably doing it wrong nonetheless, as you're doing it wrong is the whole point of what has been made mandatory. But also, I'm trying to make a point. I've essentially been banned from Twitter as a consequence. I say banned, although technically I have been suspended. But the suspension will not be lifted unless I delete the hateful tweet in question, and I would rather die than do that. And hopefully it will not come to that, although who the hell knows in these increasingly strange days. What was it that I said that caused such a fuss? And that fuss is just beginning. And even more importantly and complexly, what exactly was it that I said that resulted in the ban? Here's the tweet in question. Remember when Pride of Sin and Ellen Page just had her breasts removed by a criminal physician? Then a link to a story that detailed out the openings. The response from Twitter. Quote, violating our rules against hateful conduct. You may not promote violence against, threaten, or harass other people on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, religious affiliation, age, disability, or serious disease. By clicking delete, you acknowledge that your tweet violated the Twitter rules. Delete. If you think we've made a mistake, Submit an appeal to us. Please note that should you do so, your account will remain locked while we review. Jordan Peterson gets banned. So is this a big deal? Is this not a big deal? I personally think this is a big deal. And in particular, the reason why is because there's certain people who have these extremely loyal like fan bases or... Uh, followers and Jordan Peterson is absolutely one of those people that the people that like him really, really like him. It's a very, uh, I would say it's mostly men or, you know, uh, boys, men. Um, and I think they're extremely passionate about him slash for him. And so him being censored on Twitter or being shut down and then, you know, him not being allowed back on because he won't delete the tweet, you know, think of it as whatever you want. Uh, if you like Jordan, if you don't like Jordan, if you like Jordan, don't like what he said here, blah, blah, blah. That's not the point. The point is that this is, I believe, is going to get much more backlash and criticism that is really loud than Twitter and those affiliated with Twitter might think. Uh, I So I personally like Jordan Pearson. I don't even know why people really don't like him. I guess he has different views than the political correctness. I, I sort of, I guess. But to be honest, he makes, if you just, I feel like there's certain people in culture that we're, 
advise not to like and things like that or are a bad influence. And then sometimes we just take that advice blindly and don't actually go to the source. We just say, oh, okay, bad. And when that happened with Joe Rogan, and then they said he's a you know right winger and all this stuff, and he obviously voted for Bernie Sanders and supported Bernie and is not a right winger. But however, I listened and watched Oregon for many years. And I'm like, whoa, wait, that means they're categor- categorizing his whole base as this. And we're not that. Like, I don't feel like that. I know all my friends who listen to him don't feel like that. And so you're kind of putting all these people into it, this unknown bucket of other, of not good, of over there, of don't, don't trust. Except the problem is, is that all these people and organizations, things like that, that we're told not to trust are so radically different from one another, like a Jordan Peterson to a Joe Rogan, right? The, they don't necessarily have the same fan bases at all. They have totally different fan base, but they're being put into the, and they have different views and they have just different outlooks on life, but they're put into this same category because what's happening is politics is becoming, it probably always was, just binary, us or them, me or you. And this other than, like I said, or this you crowd is becoming this uh, gigantic pool of people that is basically everybody up with these massively large followings being grouped together, whether they share the same ideology or not. It doesn't matter because you're both other, you're both bad. And so then they're becoming friends and then it's getting bigger and bigger. And so whatever's the mainstream movement at the time, the anti-mainstream movement or the counterculture is becoming so much stronger than the culture itself. If that makes any sense, you have these just, (laughs) I mean, like the amount of people that Joe Rogan reaches, the amount of people that Jordan Peterson reaches and you know, even the amount of people, if you really want to go out there, and I I think if you really consume people's content, you might think differently of them, but like an Alex Jones, for instance, right? He's been to platform, but has an extremely loyal base. And, the, and then the question comes is, do you actually be Donald Trump? Donald Trump was also suspended off Twitter. So when Twitter decides to censor or to, you know, block someone's account like a Jordan Peterson. And just like you heard with Jordan, and we'll play some more about him breaking it down, which I think is, that's what he does best. If you don't know Jordan Peterson, the guy is very, very talented at articulating very complex subject matters that are actually very simple and right in front of our eyes, but we find it very hard to articulate and put into words. He's very good at that. And honestly, if you have never listened to him, I would implore you to just listen to him with an open mind and then make your own decision. Because what I've realized is all the people that we're told is, are not good, that we should not listen to, that we should not consume, are probably all my favorite artists and podcasters and everything. They're the best ones. And... Like I, the big tipping point was with the Joe Rogan because his following is so massive. It's all the network 
you know, news uh, cable stations combined times 10. I mean, that's insane. And Jordan Peterson has a subset of that, but extremely and just as passionate as Joe Rogan's audience. So I'm going to get back into Jordan's Twitter ban YouTube, which already has, I think, 1.3 million views uh, like a day later, which I saw his other videos around like half a million. I mean, he's got ones with tens of millions, not 100. But like the one the day before was like 500K and this was like, or maybe a few days before and this one's 1.3. So he breaks down why he won't delete the tweet and, uh, and just articulates what's going on with culture right now of why the tweet was even blocked in the first place. And I, I think it's, I think it's pretty good. So um, let me, let me, let me play it again. It's, it's, it's solid. It's a really good explanation. It is too. clearly the case that I did not promote violence against or threaten anyone with my missive. So that leaves the arguably lesser sin of harass. Let's assume, since I wasn't informed, that that was the crime. And further, harassment on the basis of so-called gender identity, since Twitter did not do me the favor of actually specifying my crime, and there are many possibilities on that front, we unfortunately have to guess at why this has occurred, and that's actually a big problem in and of itself, and also indicative of the utter carelessness of the Twitter organization with regard to the propriety of its own sensorial actions. I should at least know exactly what I did wrong if I'm required to acknowledge that my tweet I think violated the Twitter rules. What rules, you sons of bitches? <laughs> exactly. Precisely. <laughs> Because such things matter when the accusations start flying. So what did I say that might constitute harassment? Well, many things, hypothetically. Let's begin with, remember when pride was a sin? Although that is merely a factual statement, because under the old rules, applicable even a decade ago, pride was a sin and had been recognized as perhaps the cardinal sin for thousands of years previously. It still might be regarded as unacceptable to the woke authoritarian moralists who now insist, for example, that we celebrate Pride Month, not hour or day or week, but month, and who have literally called it Pride Month instead of LGBT plus or whatever acronym which is currently insisted upon as the only acceptable enlightened terminology. Some people might get mad at that. I don't That's regard fine. pride as a virtue. It has been classically He's regarded as a sin. I don't see that sexual orientation or sexual desire of any sort is something to celebrate or to take pride in. And so what I said was merely a fact. Now, it's possible that I hurt someone's feelings because I pointed out that pride goes before, for example, a fall. But I don't care about that. Would do it again. To warn those who are about to fall into a pit, that the path they are on leads suddenly downhill. But that was probably not the reason that I was banned from Twitter. Although, as I said, I am in the position of having to guess. Next phrase to interrogate. And in page. Now, why oh, this is interesting. <laughs> It's kind of funny if you could laugh at 
name of a well-known actress, there I'm in trouble again, that likely resulted in my ban. I committed the fatal crime of what has come to be known in the appalling sensorial terminology of the insane activists as dead naming, which is the act of referring to someone who has transitioned, another hated piece of jargon and slogan, by the name and by the difference, the gender, the sex, never knew them by previously, and in the case of Ellen slash Elliot, that millions of people recognized and knew. So I should have either called him, her, they, Elliot, instead of Ellen, although as we will discover, that would have made it impossible for me to say what I wanted to and need to say in the remaining phrases. Not that such a problem would bother those who are objecting to my speech in the first place. The next phrase is, just had her breasts removed. This bit suffers from a very similar problem. I employed the forbidden pronoun her when Elliot, Ellen, is now to be regarded as a he or else. But there's a conundrum here, to say the least, and not just for me, although I have been banned because of it. Was Elliot slash Ellen a she or a he or Ellen when she or he or they, that's Elliot or Elian, by the way, had his or her or their breasts removed? If he or she was a he, then why was it necessary to have the mastectomy? And how could those I'm writing to make sense of what I was saying if it was his breasts that were removed? Were those male breasts or female breasts that were removed? If they were male breasts, then why were they removed? If they were female breasts and had therefore become objectionable, to the degree that surgery generally reserved for cancer treatment was required, was morally obligatory, then wasn't Elliot still Ellen and he still she? How could I possibly have written that sentence in any sensible manner whatsoever while simultaneously making my point understandably and not breaking Twitter rules against so-called hateful conduct? And... Elliot Page just had his breasts removed? Was he Elliot then? When exactly? Exactly. He was definitely Ellen at some point in the past, or so indicate all his, her, them, their film credits. All those have to be reshot since they employed the hated dead that the way dead name category, except in the sensorial and addled minds of a tiny fraction of insanely narcissistic and increasingly dangerous trans activists. When precisely was it incumbent on me to switch my terminology in regard to Elliot slash Ellen so that I was not engaging in hateful conduct? And how can I describe the fact that someone who was once a woman and really still is had her breasts cut off? Because she, he, they, their, them had fallen prey to a viciously harmful fad without using the appropriate sex link pronoun and the real name of the real person to whom this was really done with his, her, their voluntary but unfortunate acquiescence. And so it was impossible to communicate what had happened to my audience without apparently running afoul of the impossible and absurd rules that now hypothetically govern morality itself in the days of the that we must still 
no matter how impossible it is, abide by or else. And you might object. Alan slash Elliot is an adult. Are welcome and liberal and the libertarian position go to hell and have us as she, he, they see fit. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of people might not like that. There's definitely a conservative angle there that I personally don't care what anyone does. I, I think most people don't. I think millennials really don't care. But it's almost like when you say he, she, they, it's like she sells, she sells. By the, <laughs> I mean, we can make fun of ourselves. We can laugh at ourselves. I know this might be more serious than not, but if you just, it, it's an interesting thing of, of if referring to someone in the past with the pronouns as a change is the same. Is it like, I, I don't know the protocol, honestly, like that is a mistake that I could, I can easily make, you know, like before someone transitions and I listen, I'll go by whatever anyone wants to go. If you are a male transition to a female, then and you want to go by her, or you want to go by they, I don't care. I'll use whatever. I'm I'm down. I'm in. I'm in. Okay, that's where I differ. I wouldn't say go to hell with a handbag or whatever. Like I'll I'll do it. I'm I'm in. If you want to be called that, it's fine. When you're not around, I can refer to you however I want. And where where did this where did it lying go? Like that you lying's a bad strategy, okay? But we've always been allowed to lie. I could tell you to go make a right turn when I know the store's on the left. Like, if I posted that or responded, you, you tweeted, where's the store? And I say, it's on the right, and I knew it was on the left. Like, is that misinformation? Where does this all go? Like, it seems like it could be a genuine mistake with the pronouns, especially when it's they or them. I would never refer to... I would never think to initially refer to anyone as they or that. If they asked me to use those pronouns, I'm in. That's fine. But I wouldn't know unless you told me that. Just because whether it's right or wrong, the way I grew up was referring to he, she. I mean, I've used that for decades. So I, like I said, I'm in to change. And I'll go by whatever you want me to call you by. But of course, I mean, you can make a mistake. Like, let me give you a personal example of like these come these mistakes. So when I was uh, 11 years old, my mom unfortunately passed away. And throughout my really most of my life, I would still have people, even very, very close friends say like your mama jokes, like even right after. And then they'll be like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, like stuff like that. Or they're like, Oh, you know, what does your mom think? Oh, I don't, you're, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Like it was just an accident, but it happened all the time with people who were closest to me. And so if you're referring to a lot of people by different pronouns than what you were uh, used to thinking, you know, like he and she, by me thinking how I perceive them as a male or female. And I got some friends that go by they now. And then some friends that were girls that I used to call she that are now he, let's say it's a bunch of them. I could absolutely slip and say, she did it, and it, but really, she became a he. Those seem like very acceptable, maybe not acceptable, but like common mistakes. If you're changing all these pronouns all at once for multiple people, you can easily mess up. Just like my best friends messed up with like saying 
your mama or asked about my mom when she wasn't there. And they always caught it, but they said it. And so now you have all these people changing their pronouns. And I am okay with that. That's whatever. It doesn't mean anything to me. If it means something to you, yeah, I'm, I'll help you out. But that doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes or people who want to unfortunately pick on other people to lie or to intentionally use, but it never was illegal or it was morally like wrong and you shouldn't do it, but usually it would turn out for a bad result for you. But people being censored or their speech being limited because they mess up a pronoun, either whether it's on purpose or by accident, honestly, either or if it's an intentional lie, that's still, I, I wouldn't recommend that. I don't applaud that, but you could say it. You could do it. Why not? Like that stuff never and should never be censored in a way that there's this like objective right and wrong. That's a very, very scary area that nobody should want to be in regardless of what your views are. Because if you tell me your views and I pick the other side of one that you're very passionate about and say you now, about any of you, it doesn't have to be the pronouns, and say now you can no longer say that in public, you can no longer talk about that, just like back many, many decades ago, if you go back to the Roe versus Wade, the woman who created the birth control uh, centers, Margaret, she, it was illegal to talk about conception or uh, contraception. It was illegal to talk about abortion, right? And so it was censored back then. Then it changed with Roe v. Wade for many decades, right? Where it was totally talked about and it was fine. Then it switched again. And now both sides want to censor each other, whichever way it goes. And it should never, ever be in favor of either or because you could be on the raw side of the deal and will be in one area or another. May not be this topic, but on another topic, you're going to be on the side that isn't, quote, politically correct. And you don't want to be censored. Otherwise, things are much harder to change for the better. Let people talk. Let people lie. Trust me, if people want to lie, it's not going to turn out good for them in the long run. Just let it go. Let them do it. It's their reputation. They'll be all over social media. They'll discredit themselves. And you'll never get your reputation back if you do that nowadays. So let people use the wrong pronouns. But is Jordan, like if you, you take away, you know, some of the biases of maybe you think he's extremely which conservative, just in general, don't you think that he should be able to refer to anyone by whichever pronoun or name that he wants? Like I can refer you to, to you know, donkey butt. So random, but I can. I think people need to be allowed to speak. Otherwise, we're going into very dangerous territory. Um, I'll play a little bit more of this uh, so you can. He breaks it apart a bit and then uh, and then I'm going to uh, I'm going to stop it. So here, here's a little bit more. But yeah. I don't believe it is either merely Pekayun or Fair. inappropriate to point out that Ellen slash Elliot, who is quite a good actor slash actress is also a ritual model for emulation being a star with all the privileges and let us point out the responsibilities that go along with that 
So by acquiescing to this surgery and by publicizing it, by insisting upon the sanctity and the moral virtue of his, her, their new, expensive, dangerous, and medically enhanced identity, and by participating in the whole identity, of believing in the courage of those who transition, enticed many a poor, confused adolescent, girl most likely, to blame her emergent, pubescent self-consciousness, confusion, and discomfort on being born in the wrong body and believing that the courageous, self-affirming, and morally admirable route is hormonal treatment, sterilization, subjugation to a lifetime of expensive medical complication. How delightfully profitable is that? And misery. And I believe firmly that Ellen slash Elliot or whatever the hell her name, his name is, bears moral culpability for that. And finally, with regard to the final phrase, criminal physician, I must say that I've had some post-coital, so to speak, regrets about that phrase. It is clearly the case that the surgical operation slash Ellen was legal. So, was it criminal or not? Were the operations undertaken by the fascist physicians who carried out the Nazi medical experiments legal? Yes, of the time. But were they criminal? I'll leave that question up to you to answer. And further, perhaps it might be objected what about the damage done by hypothetically leaving those confused about their identity to dwell in their confusion? Aren't we morally obliged to intervene? And I would say, no. Why? Well, first, do no harm, as the Hippocratic Oath, remember that, insists. And second, it has been a matter of historical consensus that sins of omission are less egregious than sins of commission. Thus, leaving someone with gender dysphoria, no matter how warranted, and perhaps it is in a very tiny minority of truly unfortunate cases, to suffer the consequences of the theoretical mismatch between soul and body is less of a risk ethically, personally, socially, and philosophically than the extremely active intervention that constitutes so-called gender-confirming, another hated phrase, surgery. I might also point out that the trans surgery enterprise is now a $300 million per annum growth industry, rate of projected expansion, 15% per year, projected increase by 2027 to $750 million per year. An expanding enterprise in a time of global uncertainty, time to invest both in the requisite surgical skills and perhaps in any industry associated with this vicious and unconscionable fad, fairly entangling, as such things so often do, the youthful and female. Isn't that a concern, intersectionalists? Not when push comes to shove or ideology to scalpel. Is that not a true moral hazard? And I'm not taking down that tweet or acknowledging that my tweet violated the Twitter rules. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who.
Twitter's a rat hole in the final analysis. And I have probably contributed to that while trying to use, understand, and master that horrible, toxic platform. No doubt, I owe some apologies for that, and I'm trying to learn. But it's a relief, in some real sense, to be banned. And I regard it under the present conditions as a... Man, man, don't you think that maybe there's something to it with the pharmaceutical industry maximizing their profits at the expense of everybody in the world? Is that that crazy to think? I mean, everything that seems to be controversial has an underpinning of Pfizer, pretty much, of pharma, of big pharma, everything. Anything that's controversial has a back end of something with surgery, abortion, stuff like that, transgender, you know, stuff like that. It's always medical, big pharma. It's in their best interest to have you. And I'm not saying if any of that's right or wrong. I'm just saying objectively, it's in big pharma's interest for you to be a customer for life. That's how they make more money and return more money to shareholders, which is their fiduciary responsibility. I don't think this is very conspiratorial. I think it's pretty obvious. And I think you know it too, even though it may be a tough thing to register. I don't know why, because every other business does it. There's really no good massive corporations just immediately think, okay, I should question that big company because they might not have out what's best for me. Maybe if I question them, I can help myself and other peasants like me. Because that's what we are. We're peasants. Those that have amassed great power, whether it's corporations, politicians, they're not going to be there for you in the end. But your neighbor on your street probably will be. And when it gets down to it, they fundamentally want the same stuff you want. You know, they want to be able to afford an average lifestyle, not worry about financial stuff, have a place to live, not be stressed and be left alone. I truly believe that almost every millennial feels that way. We get a bad rap for a lot of stuff and justifiably, justifiably so. But there's no doubt in my mind that over 85% of people just want to live their lives and they don't want you in it. Let people live their lives. And next time we get into a debate with one another, just think, is there something that has to do with big pharma profits underneath all of it? Because if there is, maybe do some more investigation. That's all. Just investigate more. Do your own research. Don't just blindly accept, accept information. Stay informed because I've realized as much as I want to stay out of it, it affects my life and it probably affects yours too. So not a fan of big pharma. And if you are, that's fine, but they're massive, they're powerful, and it's in our best interest to question them. Even if they end up being right, they deserve to be questioned. So let's ask the questions. Come on. <laughs>